Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Teammates Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Lensander. In today's episode, we have the pleasure of talking to college football writer, JD Yonke. I had the pleasure of going to high school with JD, and he is an incredible story. He was a high school baseball star pitcher with an ERA under one, and ended up playing college lacrosse. We touch on all the important parts of following his dream after transitioning into the real world. We also dive into the unique importance of college football and its many nuances. Thank you for listening. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Teammates Podcast. We are back for episode four, brought to you by Link Media. So our guest today is a friend of mine for a long time. We went to high school together. And he's had a, an interesting journey through the sports world and now kind of into the sports writing world and um, into the, the great world of college football. So, uh, J.D. Yonke, uh, how you doing? Good to see you, man. Doing good, man. Uh, it's uh, sweltering heat over here and we just lost power, as you know. <laughs> so, an interesting day. Um, but yeah, having a good time, man. What's up? Uh, yeah, so we were supposed to record this a little bit ago, but he, he lost power about 15 minutes before, which is, uh, not exactly the greatest timing, but we're here, we're, we're alive, we're, we're thriving. Um, so we'll just hop right into it. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. And so JD, tell us a little bit about, uh, your background, uh, maybe growing up into sports. I know you played a lot of different sports, uh, got big into football, going to high school, but Tell us kind of how your the start of your you know journey, sports journey started. Yeah, I mean it's been as long as I can remember, which I'm assuming is you know a common theme, common theme here. But yeah. um, it's been as long as I can remember. So yeah, I grew up in Santa Barbara, um, same town as Nick. Um, it's as long as I can remember. I mean t-ball, you can still remember t-ball games. Um, like I remember, there's always a funny story where. I, I don't know if this happens often or not, but like in T-ball, I, I couldn't trust a kid. If I throw it, they can't catch it, you know, because, <laughs> you know, kids, you, if you ever watch a T-ball game, you know what I'm talking about. So mother loves to tell stories about, yeah, I, I would refuse to throw it. So I'd just, I'd get the ball in the infield and just run it over to the base because it's more efficient. <laughs> That's one way to do it. Yeah. So um, it's been as long as I can remember, uh, pretty much every sport. Um and Santa Barbara has a pretty good sports team, honestly, or a sports program, the youth programs they have there is pretty good. Um, like, I know we were talking the other day, um, like Gabe Spire, random Santa Barbara guy. He was in little leagues, like two years younger than us. Uh, and he was, he's pitching for the Royals. I'm like, what the hell is that Gabe Spire? Like literally Gabe Spire. It's like, Oh yeah, that's the guy. So pretty good program. So yeah, it was, it was a good place to grow up. I mean, it's hard to beat Santa Barbara, obviously. Yeah, definitely. It definitely is. And I, yeah, so baseball, you were, you were big into baseball growing up. You were a very good uh, uh, pitcher. And I mean, you pretty much played every position. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we, we have some great programs here. Gabe Spire, I think he was originally drafted by the Red Sox in kind of like a later round. And he, he's developed very well, obviously. Um, I didn't, I didn't know him personally, but I know you and a lot of the guys that, you know, went to our high school, played together in Little League. Um, so baseball was kind of like your first love, I guess. I don't, it, or was it football? Or what, what do you what do you think there? Um, it's hard to put a cap on it. It's either that, 
basketball and you grew up playing AYSO soccer, but, um, I don't think soccer's really ever been a love, right? So um, <laughs> it's hard to say. I mean, T-ball's not even really baseball, you know what I'm saying? But um, it's that and basketball would I have my earliest yeah. memories of, for sure, because we had uh, we had boys club is where I grew up playing, and there was also uh, the Page Center was pretty dang good. But there, there's a bunch of programs that are really good there. Yeah, there definitely is. So uh, you know, moving along to high school, so we both went to high school together. Um, he played football early on uh you know he played varsity as fresh you're a freshman right and and you're playing varsity um we were playing like oaks christian that year i think um i know you had some injury problems and you you know didn't end up playing every year Uh, walk us through your your high school journey a little bit starting with uh football freshman year yeah, for sure. So that's, um, it's a long story. We'll, we'll see how I get into it. Um, so basically, like you said, I grew up playing every sport and I was, um, I think it's funny because I think I was one of the older ones in our graduating class. We're in the same class in high school, right? Yeah, you were. Um, I think I was one of the older ones and I'm pretty positive you were one of the younger ones. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're a little bit uh, apart in age. <laughs> so we have a totally opposite experience. So I always grew up and I was like, physically dominant as a tiny kid right um like going back to youth sports we 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 played on a team a friend we know thomas rennick was on that team like we didn't lose a game for like five years in youth basketball right we were like the most hated team like i think back upon those teams where it's like patrick beverly pushing chris ball right (laughs) same same idea (laughs) so much drama like that's how i remember those games like super epic um but anyway and i was older bigger i've always been taller um and just played every sport, right? Like little league shortstop pitcher, right? And that's what I was used to. And then part of what high, my high school experience was is just learning that it's different. It's more serious in high school, right? There's there's teams that are practicing every single day, just like you are, teams that are practicing twice a day in the summer when it comes to football, right? And um, so, yeah, I, I played every sport. I, when I started out, I was I played three sports in high school. I played um, football. I played basketball and I played, um, I played baseball. Uh, and like, I still remember those summers, um, three practices a day, um, three practices a day. I still remember that. And then we're doing two a days for football. I don't think I ever had four practices. That sounds insane. Yeah. Um, so I started off playing all those. I, I thought, you know, I've always played all the sports and I've never played them once all at once, all at the high school level. Um, so it was an interesting experience. So I, I ended up kind of whittling down right I, I did not finish playing basketball I played two years of football and it was like that's just that that's a lot to do right it, I'll, I'll be honest it, it wore me down um ended up I, I did play um played baseball through my senior year and that was I had a great senior year that was amazing it was a terrific experience but um but yeah my big takeaway from high school is I I don't understand these multi-sport athletes how they do it I don't understand <laughs> how you're playing three sports i I just i really don't get it but um but yeah that's kind of my experience i know i know we played together for sure on it was our freshman basketball team yes so i was gonna say uh first this is the first time we haven't played football together even though you were playing football uh you played two years Uh, i didn't start playing football until my junior year and you were Mm -hmm. not playing by then uh, so yeah, we were teammates technically on yeah freshman basketball. That was a that was an interesting team. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but so okay, so you st- stepped 
more away from football, was it because you didn't like it as much, or was it? I know you had some injuries. Was it con- or like migraines and con- yeah, there was a couple things. Yeah, I mean, honestly, mostly what it does, like looking back and remembering it, it's hard to do, right? But it's um, like the way I remember it is just being worn down. Yeah. But for football, I mean, it's it's hard to paint the picture. So it's a small school we went to, right? Um, I had never played football until high school. So freshman year was the first year and I loved it. I, um, when I think back upon it, a lot of the lessons I've learned in life are, are hard work and, uh, pushing through every single day, even though you don't feel like it, right. It's becoming an adult. It, life doesn't give a shit if you wake up and you aren't feeling it right. You have exactly. to, you have to go perform. And that's, that's life lessons you learn. Um, in high school and through and through football, you but you're just not going to show up to practice because you don't feel like it, right? Exactly. Um, so I loved it. Um, I put in a good first year, and like I said, playing three sports, it was like, what the hell am I doing? My sophomore year, uh, it, it was just it was a lot. It was yeah. everything. Um, I think I just mentally started to break down. You're right. I did. I got a lot of migraines. I go to practice in football, and it's like, it, it's just not not feeling up to it. Like I just not feeling like I could practice. I never had any bad ligament tears. I never had any bad physical damage. It was just the, the experience because football amazingly physical. I mean, obviously right. you know that. Right. Yeah. And just day after day, I don't know if I just wasn't used to it. Like I, I would just sit there and, and throw up some days for like all day and just sit there yeah. and have to go home from school. And at a certain point I was like, you know, I tried to push through it my sophomore year and I'm like, I just, I, I don't know if it's worth it. You yeah. know, I said, I love this. I have teammates. Like I said, it was, it was my identity was who I was. I've never not gone about thinking from sports 24 seven ever. I still do Seriously. ever since I was a little kid, like I said. Right. And it's, um, it, it was tough. So yeah, I, eventually I, uh, I didn't, I didn't play my, my junior senior year. It's one of those things you look back on and you can regret it. Um, I think I could have had an amazing career if I would have stuck with it. On the other hand, it was, you know, it was, it was totally wearing me down. So I don't know, maybe it's just one of those things. My body just couldn't take the hits. I, yeah. uh, I never, it's, it's not like I never went, I ever went to a doctor and officially got diagnosed so, with a concussion, but looking back on it and what we know about that sort of thing, it's like, dude, I think, I think my, my little uh, high school head was taking a pounding or something. Was going I, on I there. think so too. And to give a little context to this, our high school is very small, so people do play multiple sports, but at the level that JD was playing, I mean, he played on varsity football as a freshman, you know, having been your first year playing. And so you kind of just were thrown right in there. And obviously you were, you know, physical for that stage. So you didn't really seem like you were a freshman. You seemed like you were at least a sophomore or junior physically. So yeah, I guess it kind of that's 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 interesting. I mean, it's a little it's give and take. And I mean, at least you eventually figured out that it was taken more away from you than it was good you doing it and being able to live and be a, a high schooler and be a person, you know. Um, and and yeah, you continue playing baseball. At least you found something that you you liked to play and that you were able to put more time into playing and you know ground yourself and. I mean, you had a, yeah, you had a tremendous senior year in baseball. Uh, I can't remember exactly what your ERA, your ERA was, but it was very low. It was pretty microscopic. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and toot my own horn, right? I didn't, I didn't play uh, collegiately or anything like that, but 
but yeah, at the end of the day, it was worth it. I, I was really glad I had that senior year because I'll be honest. Yeah, I was uh, I was upset with myself for most of, of my high school. It's like that was again, that's who I was. I showed up. I played three sports. I, yeah. I again was was one of the larger, bigger kids. I haven't grown an inch since I was in seventh grade. <laughs> right. I, I, I have the same physical profile I did then. And it was like that was that's who I was at a small school. Right. If you're an athletic kid and you're big. Um, you're showing up and you're an integral part of the team. Like that's a huge identity. Um, like, like Bishop is accomplishing amazing things right now as, as a small school, they're putting on things that schools that size just do not do. It, right. it is a great program. Tom Crawford is like, honestly, I don't, I just don't see how you can have a better high school coach than him. And obviously that's the only one I would know. Uh, so yeah, most, most of the high school experience, I was just mad at myself. It's like, why can't I, why can't I complete this? And looking back, it's, um, Again, it's not that I want to have regrets because I was happy how, how it turned out and I found other avenues to make it work. Right. But, um, but yeah, it, it is a little upsetting, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it, but it, it's interesting because you were, you were faced with that decision maybe earlier on than some other people have been faced with that decision. Like you, like you were sophomore year and you knew you have something had to change and you had to, had to decide one way or another on, on things. So that's, that's interesting. So I guess I never really found this out. I'm sure you could have played collegiately. Was that something that, in, in, at least baseball, um, since you did play that for the rest of your high school career and were very good, did you entertain that at all? Did you just kind of be like, you know, I'm kind of, you know, done with it after high school? You know, I, th- I always thought about it. Um, so I ended up going just in high school, it wasn't really a priority, to be honest with you. It was um, by that point, I had kind of realized there are other avenues, right? Um, you know, college is a big thing and my family pushing it academically. I had realized at that point, it just wasn't a priority in my life. Um, looking back on it, do I wish I, I, I think I definitely for sure could have, but it's not one of those things, again, that I look back and have regrets on. Um, I think especially if it would have gone to like a smaller, small, you know, like a an easier program I could have walked on. Uh, I ended up going to university of the Pacific, which right. it's a D one school. Their, their program is not very good, honestly. So <laughs> um, there were a couple of years, actually, I really thought about it, about staying in town, you know, over summer yeah. and meeting the coach and yeah. working out. But um, at that point, you know, you know how college is, right. I had found other interests. Yes. Yeah. I, I was not yeah, into it. So I get that. Well, yeah. so, so you went to university of Pacific, which is Northern California um, for everyone listening. He did, you did get into lacrosse at some point. And so you did play collegiately to some degree. Not, a, I mean, it's not exactly, it wasn't exactly a D one like level, but you, you played pretty competitively. So how was that lacrosse experience for you? Did you play lacrosse before? how did you get into that? What are the kind of insights to, to you jump, making the jump to lacrosse? Yeah. So I guess I showed up in college and like I said, I'd never gone a second without breathing and living sports so at first I show up to the open gyms literally every single day as a freshman every single day for basketball and did that for you know pretty much the whole freshman year and was like all right I don't know intramurals from a freshman to a senior year I was on I think three to four teams every single and I think that ran like trimesters I think it was on three to four for every single trimester since I was there and I was like this just it's just not (laughs) it's not organized it's not you know I've never gone since I was, well, I don't know, five years old playing organized sports. So I was like, I have to do something. Yeah. Makes um, sense. 
and my um and, and you're correct so it's not um in california most of the teams are not um they're not d1 programs for lacrosse they're not um, there's not scholarships or nothing like that it's, it's mostly an east coast sport right there's a few there's a few decent teams on the west coast specifics for sure not one of them um, <laughs> Um, so it, it, it's mostly like high level club sports. Um, so, and anyway, my, my roommate at the time, um, he, he was at her bachelor party. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Black, I, know, I, know Bush. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. 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 He was the captain. So he grew up, um, in Seattle where it's huge. Um, lacrosse is huge. And I'm like, Dude, I don't know anything about lacrosse. I've never heard of that sport. Yep. I, like I know Jim Brown played it, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, collegiately in Jim Thorpe or whatever, yeah. but I, I, I don't know what that sport is. Uh, and he, he kept pressuring me. He was my roommate freshman year, pressuring me like every single day he'd go to practice, you know, a couple times a week. And I'm like, dude, I'm not, well, I don't know what that is. That's not a real sport. What is it? Um, and then sophomore year, like I said, I was, I was so like, I needed something. I'd never not had organized sports in my life. I didn't know what to do with my day. Um, so I'm finally like, whatever, I'll give it a chance. Um, and then I, I ended up playing three years joining the team. Um, like I said, it's, it's not like, I don't know how most club teams work, but it's fairly high level. Like we practice three, four times a week. We practice five in the morning sometimes when we had to right practice before it's, before the sun comes out, practice under the lights. Um, it's not like I, I'm calling myself a college athlete, not am by any means. <laughs> um, it, but it was an experience I'd never played before. I, I didn't know the rules. I had to sit there and learn and watch. Um, I never got particularly good. That was for sure the worst I've ever been at any sport because I never played it. The hand-eye coordination is totally different. It's almost like, like baseball. If someone tries to swing at a pitch, a live pitch yeah. past, I don't know, the sixth grade, seventh grade. Yeah. Some people are more advanced for sure by high school age. They're going to look like an absolute fool out there. Right. Right. So that's how I felt for, for, for sure. Like my sophomore year, I finally kind of got a hang of it, but, um, but yeah, that, that was an experience. So clearly it, it humbles you a little bit and because you, you, you want to be a part of, you know, this team sport, but at, at least up and throughout high school, you were one of the best players on the team typically in said sport. So, I mean, it, it must've been a little bit uncomfortable at first, just jumping into something that you've never done before, but I mean, you, I'm sure you had some good takeaways from your experience playing lacrosse. And now, I mean, it, I know it's not a technical D1 uh, program since it's, I, I mean, it's like high level club, I guess you would call it. But I mean, with, from the practices and so, I mean, it sounds like a very, uh, at least, at least organized program and you guys played good competition. And so, I mean, you were involved. So how, what, what were we able to take away from that? That's, that's interesting. It's a, it's a crazy experience to talk about, honestly. Um, and I haven't, I haven't ever talked about it much. It was extremely humbling. I've never felt like that before. I've never felt like, like doing things you're not good at is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> it is like doing things you're good at is the most fun you could possibly have. It's like a state of bliss being good at something. Right. It was awful. Um, the weird thing is our coach, actually, if you look them up, cause our team, our team was not good and I was not good. <laughs> Our coach, um, Coach Frank, I'm going to butcher his name. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name. So I don't, I'm not even going to say it. Coach Frank, okay. he played at Albany. Okay. This guy is an absolute lacrosse legend. I didn't know who the hell he was. I showed up day one. I don't know. <laughs> I, this is a club team, right? This is easy. We're going to twiddle some sticks. We're going to drink while we do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, we'll drink in the morning and then go, right? Um, 
this guy's a legend. He was a runner-up at Albany, national champion lacrosse team at the University of Albany. Um, he was one of the runner-ups, like for the um, the lacrosse Heisman Trophy, basically the equivalent. He was one of the top five players in the nation. I had to look him up before this because I looked up his name. I'm still going to butcher his last name. No, we'll put it, Coach Frank. We'll put it on the screen. We'll put it on the screen. Uh, a couple of screenshots of his name and and the what he accomplished. It's that it sounds pretty awesome. He's a top three scorer all time in high school lacrosse. This dude's an absolute legend of the game, and he's sitting there coaching me. And I don't know how. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> It, it was a crazy experience, but but that was awesome because he believed in me. He showed me. He clearly could tell I've played every sport there is. I knew where to stand. I knew how to hit. It's a physical game. You can lay people out. I knew how to do that. I didn't know how to hold on to the ball. But anyway, it, it, was, it was a great experience. And having a guy like that, one of the best lacrosse players literally in the entire world, one of the best lacrosse players that's ever existed uh, there to watch you through it, 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 it was pretty awesome. Yeah, so I mean, you're you're comparing it to to football a little bit there. So I'm curious about that. So you can hit personally. I don't know much about lacrosse. Again, for those listening in California, it's not nearly as big as as it is on the East Coast. And the other sport on the East Coast that's basically non-existent here is field hockey. Field hockey basically does not exist here at all. So these kind of sports are not big here. So I've never played lacrosse. I have watched the occasional national championship game that shows up on ESPN, but I have, I don't know any of the rules essentially. I mean, you have a stick and you like twirl it around and there's a goalie and, but so you, you can hit people essentially. Yeah. It's pretty much full contact. It's uh, it's very similar to hockey in a lot of ways. Um, I think that's the best comparison I can make because people love to compare it to, I mean, the, the physicality of it, I think is most similar to hockey because it, it's full contact like football you're wearing helmets. You're right. It's, it's full contact, but it's at certain times, like in hockey, you can check the guy who has the puck. Right. And I, and I think usually when you're in a, in a, in a attacking dynamic, it's six for six, which is similar to hockey where it's usually five versus five. The difference in hockey, right. Is you can't just skate around with the puck because you're going to get lit up in half a millisecond because the <laughs> rink is so small. Right. True. The best comparison I can make in international hockey, actually, the rink is larger. So if you watch international hockey, you can skate around more with the puck, but it's full contact. Um, so it, it's like the perfect combination of physicality and, and skill and, and team dynamic. It's, it's actually it's actually a really good sport. Is it ever going to blow up mainstream? I'm not quite sure, um, but it's uh, it, it's a really interesting sport because it combines all the all those qualities, right? So I, I think some people that might be like of the similar mindset especially on the East coast and Midwest, because it's popular in similar areas. I think they might just gravitate towards hockey more um, would be in my opinion, but it's almost similar in what I was talking about, how you need the hand-eye coordination, right? Like if I step in a hockey rink right now, not only am I, I can't skate cause I, I grew up in California <laughs> and never skated. Um, I'm not going to have that like great hand-eye coordination with, with the puck. Right. So that, that's my closest comparison. Huh. Yeah, no, that, that, that is interesting. I mean, clearly an interesting dynamic with your coach who was a legend in the game and, and everything else that just learning it and diving into something you've never done before. So, I mean, and you must have had your teammates, like you at least enjoyed like the experience, right? 
Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, I enjoyed it probably more than I did at the time. Cause like I said, it was frustrating for me. Yeah. I'm just one of those people. Like I can't accept uh, being bad at something. I just, I need to work and work and work. And it's one of those things where it was at that point in my life, if I worked and worked and worked, it was still going to take two years until I got comfortable. And even then I graduated, I was like, dude, I wish I had two more years to figure it out. Yeah. So I guess that's a good point. So back to what you were saying earlier about being comfortable. I mean, so you were always good at a lot of different sports. So jumping into something that you were uncomfortable with isn't as fun, right? Because you're, you're like not starting necessarily. You, you are like learning a ton of stuff and trying to figure it out all while you're trying to work on the dynamic of the game and all that, all that different stuff. So it is, it can definitely be frustrating and overwhelming, but I would argue that that's when you learn the most. I mean, the, when, when you get comfortable in a sport is when you, you, I mean, you're good at it to a certain degree, but if you're ever going to make that jump to the next level, you always got to live in, you know, some sort of uncomfortable realm because you, you need to be learning and trying to figure, figure things out better uh, than you were. So, I mean, I think that's, even though you didn't necessarily like it, you know, in the moment, that kind of friction and uncomfortability probably helped you overall as a, as a, you know, as a person and, and, you know, where you developed into being now. Yeah. I think it has uh, more um, takeaways for me today. Right. Like before we hopped on, I, like I said, my power, hop, my power was out. Right. And I was like, that's cause I changed the light last week. And I'm like, I, I'm not, <laughs> I didn't grow up you know, uh, knowing how the hell these, you know, fixing electrical, electrical wires works. I don't know. Um, but that's the thing now, like I, I'm a homeowner. I, I got to go do shit. I've never tried before. And if it doesn't work, you know, the house burns down. So better figure it out. Quick, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely takeaways. You're not going to wake up and do fun stuff all day long. Right. You, you can have a nice mixture in there, a nice sprinkle. Um, but the older you get, you realize, right. It's one of those, one of those old person sayings, like, you're just going to have to do stuff that, you know, grin and bear it. Yeah, you're, and you're always gonna have to figure stuff out. So getting com getting comfortable being uncomfortable lets you grow uh, a lot in short periods of time. So and learn things in short periods of time, like switching out light bulbs and whatever whatever it may be as being a homeowner. Uh, so that's interesting. So uh, college lacrosse was essentially your your last competitive sports that you played. So transitioning out of com playing competitive sports. What was it? What was it like for you? I know you always, and I'm sure a lot of you watching and listening have that same itch to always uh, playing sports and doing something and organize things and being around that. So, how was that transition period away from it? What did you do? Did you get more into pickup basketball? Like, did you? What What did you do after that? Uh, it was hard. It was. Um, I spent uh, the first couple of years out of college. Um, I, I basically just became a workaholic is basically what I did to replace it. Cause, cause you're correct. Like you're like me, anyone who, who who's a sports geek, who, who's way too into it. Like I said, like you compare everything, you know, to sports, you somehow have an analogy to sports. Uh, if you're having a conversation over a couple of beers, you eventually end up talking about somehow, um, some random player from, you know, the early 2000s, you end up talking about Brian Cardinal or something and <laughs> somehow defeated LeBron James. It just, it, it's just, it's, it's what you are. Um, so I just tried to replace it. I just became a workaholic. I, uh, I worked, uh, I was, I was working in the financial industry, looking at loans. Right. Uh, and we, um, we were just understaffed and they were paying overtime for however much you could do. 
uh, and was just working 12 hours a day, uh, sometimes more while also commuting uh, and just did that for a couple of years and was eventually like, you know, I can try to replace it by trying to be the best I could be. Um, like we have a hunt, we had a, like, I think we had 130, 140 people on the floor um, and right. You would get bonuses for being top 10. So of course I'm like, what? Yeah. Top 10. That's it. That's easy. Yeah. That's easy. Are you kidding me? So I'd have to try to do that every month and was obsessed with doing that. And, you know, after a year of that, it's like, am I going to do this my whole life? Just compete to be in the top 10 of 130? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm not so sure, but that's what, that's what I did to start. And uh, eventually ended up not really being worth it, but, but yeah, that's, you have to compete at something, right? Yeah. So yeah, you, you kind of, you translated that directly to work. Um, and obviously yeah, that's not still what you're doing now. So, I mean, you, you jumped into that also trying to figure that whole thing out. And then you're like, well, this isn't exactly, you know, getting, getting my gears turning every, every day. And for the rest, like, it's not, I don't want to be doing this every day for the rest of my life type of thing. And that, you know, what's my impact going to be like, what am I actually doing type of thing? So clearly you, you had a, had a little bit of time to think about things and then you went another direction, right? Yeah. So, um, I remember, yeah, when I put in my, my two weeks notice, my boss was like, what are you talking about? Right? Like you're, you're killing it out here. You're, you're sure you're going to put in your two weeks notice. And basically it's just like, I don't know, maybe I'm one of those people that just like, can't do anything for too long. Um, I don't know what it is, but it's like, if I'm 100% positive, I cannot do this for the rest of my life. Why am I going to pretend and try to do it for five years instead of two? Right. I'm like, what's the point? I already know my mind is made up. I'm hundred percent positive. So I'm, um, so yeah, I decided to uh, transition. I decided um, I'm, I need to do what's going to make me happy. Cause if I, if I try to sit here in the business world and be overproductive for 40 years, I'm going to be a grumpy asshole man by the end of it. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to sit there and wait for retirement. So anyway, long story short. Yeah. I made a huge, uh, huge career transition after like two years. So yeah, I know I had a midlife crisis after two years of work and that's a, uh, it'll age you quick, that's what the business world. Seriously. Um, but yeah, so now I'm a, uh, I'm an English teacher. I'm a high school English teacher. Uh, I'm finishing up year four. It's almost summer break. Thank God. Um, but yeah, I, I, I teach high school English. Um, and that's about as big of a transition. I remember telling my boss, I was doing that and he's like, what, I don't, I don't get it. What's, what's going on here? I'm like, I just, it's hard for me to explain. That's, uh, that's what I enjoy. I'm a book nerd at heart, you know, when I'm not watching sports, it's that in, uh, in reading. And so it's who I've always been. And this is, um, this is something where I can do 12 hours of my day, um, dedicating it to that. And while also, you know, trying to make a positive impact while trying to, you know, everything that goes along with teaching, I'm not going to give you the whole teacher spiel. Everyone knows what it is, right? But <laughs> exactly. um, I said, this is what I can dedicate myself to. And, uh, and still feel good at the end of the day while still also trying to be the best at what I do. So, so that's what I do now. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's interesting. It's a, you know, a complete flip again, if you, you know, want to compare it to where you were at sports, you know, doing all the sports and things that, you know, you're comfortable and then completely going to something opposite and then going into the real world and doing kind of flip, you know, doing one eighties also. And, um, but once you once you figure out the avenue that you want to go, then it's, it makes it a whole lot easier in terms of you putting in effort and, and figuring things out. And, uh, you know, it, it makes it easier on you. And I mean, that's interesting and it takes a little bit of time to figure that out. You know, it happens at different times for everybody, obviously. Um, some people know earlier than later, but 
you know, you got to try that two or three years of a, you know, dead financial job that's going to run you into the ground to make you realize that, you know, this actually isn't what I want to be doing. And, you know, what I want to be doing is reading books and you're really into reading books, which is awesome, by the way, because I, I'm like the opposite of that. So (laughs) I'll read books that I find an interest in the topics such as business, like different things like, like that. Some like really, really highly praised like life books and, and perspective books and things like that. But other than that, I am not an avid reader like you are, which, but it's, but it's awesome to, you know, be self-aware about that too and understand that that's you. And now you're able to help like do that at, uh, like at a real job with real students and, um, yeah. So, so you're teaching high school, right? So just every grade, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mostly have freshmen now. I've somehow become the freshman guy. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm coaching uh, freshman basketball. Oh, you are. So I just have all, all freshmen. And it's like, of course, freshmen aren't freshmen. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm the freshman dude, apparently. So you, you can imagine the roles, the role reversal when we were on freshman basketball team with uh, who was our coach, Mr. Flanagan? I think we was had it, a uh, Caprito. Caprito. Oh, it was Caprito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Flanny yeah. was helping the out next. with freshman football. He helped out with everything. Yeah, he helped but out yeah, with Caprito everything. Was <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I, I mean, it is kind of weird, you know, thinking back to that. And then now you see yourself, you know, being Caprito, basically. It's the weirdest thing to think about because I don't feel that much older, right? I'll sit here and talk about my high school experience. It feels like it was not all that long ago. Um, it's the weirdest thing in the world. And, of course, these kids, they – they're always trying to trick you and <laughs> thinking they know better than you and thinking they're so mature. Right. And thinking they have the whole world figure out. And I'm like, dude, come on. We've all been in your shoes. I'm I'm like, through I'm, the ringer. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there, man. You're not fooling us. Man. Yeah. Well, um, Cause you used to be that kid. You used to be, used to be that kid. <laughs> that That's super uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so now that you're doing that now, I mean, so you still love sports and, I know you, you know, ha- were big into college football. I know you're a big Oregon, Oregon Ducks fan. And yeah. so tell us a little bit about how you got into that and then translating that into what you've also been doing in sports writing, uh, talking about college football on various shows and different things. Give us a little insight into that because that's, that's uh, interesting and that's a good way to still get that, that outlet of, you know, something that you love to do. Yeah, that's a big part of my life. Um, it's a huge part of my life. Um, spend hours on it every day, and I love it. Um, <laughs> it's difficult to say how it got started. It basically got started during the pandemic. So I've always been a huge college football guy. That, that sports part of my life, like I said, this was before I was coaching. I was teaching. Things are going great. I'm very occupied. I'm spending a lot of time right, dedicating it towards my classroom. And then uh, COVID-19 happens, as everyone's well aware. right? Hopefully. And <laughs> And all of a sudden... I have a ton of time on my hands, free time. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this free time. So I'm sitting there bored, 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 bored. Uh, and eventually I just dedicated to, I'm watching old college football games. I'm like, I'm just going to write about this and see who cares, put it out online, do a little more of that, do a little more of that. And eventually it leads towards, okay, we like what you have to say. You should write for us. First item writing for happens. Yeah. It goes by a couple months. Another site says, oh, that's interesting. You should write for us. Oh, okay. They start making YouTube videos. So say, okay, well, talk about it as well. I got free time, right? The class is slowing down. We're doing Zoom school. I don't have to commute anymore. I commute about an hour away is where my school is. Um, 
and it just takes off. Next thing you know, now I've got like five different things I'm doing on the side, just talking about college football, writing about college football, um, traveling to Canton, Ohio to do a college football fantasy draft, um, which I think I'm doing again this August. I did that last August. That's cool. And uh, yeah, here I am now. Apparently I'm a college football guy. I, it just <laughs> snap of the fingers. College football analyst over here. Uh so what 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 draws you to college football? I'm curious because you are a big college football guy. You've always been a college football guy. Uh, I know you were always an Oregon Ducks fan. What do you love about college football? You know, it could be something earlier on in your life that drew you to it or more recently as you've gotten back into being a part of it and uh, analyze, analyzing it and all that all that different stuff. I think if we're going back to where it first started, I think it was just college game day, waking up in the morning on Saturday and being like, what the heck is this? This guy's wearing mascot heads, right? (laughs) It's like, what on earth is happening here? What is this? Um, My, my family had always been uh, big college football fans. My my mom graduated from Notre Dame. We always grew up going to the games. We flew back to South Bend, I think twice when I was a kid, Uh, we always tried to go and still do. Uh, try to go when they play USC at the Coliseum, right? It was just my college experience, my my you know sporting experience. Live live sports are are magical, as anyone who's been to a game is aware, right? So I uh, that was just my first magical experience. I think is where it first started, just growing up seeing that live game, college game day, um, and I, I've just never quit. I think what it is now, if I could try to explain it, why I still am so into it. Um, I'm not sure if it makes me a hipster or what's going on here. It's just so different. Like you have 130, whatever teams, right? Now we're adding James Madison. So I don't know the exact count. Somewhere around 130, we'll call it 130. Um, It's just, there's, you can have military academies running the triple option. You have the air raid throwing for 5,000 yards a year. We're breaking Joe Burrow just breaks a record and almost goes to a Super Bowl. Two years later, there's some guy nobody's ever heard of transferring from Stephen F. Austin, breaking all of Joe Burrow's records that he just broke. Um, it's just the weirdest thing in the world. You have Reggie Bush being absolutely untackleable and then somehow losing his Heisman. There's just always <laughs> something extremely weird and interesting happen. Any single, any single Saturday, you turn it on and there's something just you can't explain it. It's just totally unique. Nowhere else in the world. Is there anything similar? I dare you to try to say it's as awesome. If there is something similar, anything similar to college football, it's so unique. Like who has these athletes performing where millions of people are watching and fans are showing up and tailgating all day to watch college athletes, like representing their college. It's just such a unique concept. It's so interesting. It's so uniquely American. And it's just absolutely the best thing in the world. Yeah, I I mean you you touched on a lot of great points there. I'm I mean, yeah, it's super unique. There isn't another thing like it. There's so many teams. It's not a professional league, but it's played at a professional like level. Uh, you know, especially you know D1 college football. There's some of the best players in the world that I mean, oftentimes go and play and you know excel in the NFL. So watching in all the different fan bases from all the different areas and seeing how they come together and the huge fan bases, the huge stadiums, these stadiums are bigger than NFL stadiums and there's more college fans than NFL. I mean, it's crazy how many college fans there are compared to, you know, the NFL. Yeah, sure. The NFL has a ton of fans too, but these college stadiums are literally bigger, way bigger than the NFL stadiums like Penn state and Michigan. And like these, these college stadiums are huge. 
And I mean, I know from, you know, experience playing it that I didn't realize originally when I was going into to playing it, how much life for a lot of people revolves around this. And, you know, that translates to the NFL as well. But literal day Saturday is literally like college football day for so many people. And I didn't realize or fathom uh, because I never grew up with it uh, about how much of an effect it had on people's lives every day, every week, all, all of the above. And honestly, if I knew that and I grew up with it, I probably would have tried to, to keep playing because I just know how much uh, an effect it has on people and doing things. And, you know, you can just you can connect and and grow yourself so so much at a at a scale you know with a fan base behind you and a lot of different things so it's it's super unique i agree i i love it um i remember the bus rides up to the games i would you know look out and see everyone tailgating out there i still have never been to a tailgate uh you know for good or bad but i you gotta go you gotta <laughs> I gotta, do it I gotta we go. gotta hit we gotta hit one up so all right you gotta uh, all right this season we'll go i'm actually gonna go to uh uconn we're playing michigan this year at the big house and uh that's, that's an as big as it gets that, but it's it, the big house that is the biggest literally the big house and uh you know we don't play michigan very often especially at the big house uh, i think right before we got there a couple of years before we got there uh, we did play Michigan uh, home and away series with Michigan, but it'll happen once every maybe you know ten to twenty years or something like that. So you know, I figured figured uh, I've definitely got to go to that. Uh, I know I go. I mean, I go back uh, at least I have most years to an alumni game or things you know back at back at UConn. But I'll, I definitely we we got to hit one uh, in in the town too. I know we got a lot of. Uh, teams up north by you that are that are very good too you got stanford up there and you know a lot of a lot of good teams so yeah we'll we'll definitely hit one for sure yeah that's that's the experience right there i'm telling you it is the american experience i'm telling you <laughs> yeah and, and i mean <laughs> you're I, like I've, I've played in the games yeah you know? <laughs> i'm like I, i've always just gone and i've like experienced like I, I i i feel like i haven't experienced it I mean, UConn's a little bit di- a little bit different. You know, we're a basketball school, I guess, but it's the same same idea. We have, I think, our stadium holds like forty or forty thousand or forty ish thousand. You know, it's a lot of people, and and every time we drive up, and there'd be thousands of people there tailgating, and um, you know, it's it's unique. And I, like I said, I I didn't understand the magnitude of it until I was already in it and almost out of it. And by the time I'm out of it, then it's like, whoa! Like, there's so many people involved and revolves around it, and constantly and it's it's awesome and that's why i love talking to you know my friends that still play and because they have such an effect on the the fan base and people you know rally around them and a lot of different things so i mean it's super unique so college football as, as you said it evolves so many different ways and it's evolved a lot in the past few years especially basically since i stopped playing the the NCA was pressured to do a lot of different things. The college football playoff started. What what do you think about the new playoff system compared to the old the old BCS? You like it? You think it should be expanded? What do you think? It's gonna probably be not be the answer you expect. Um, I don't really care. I don't really care, and I know that's weird. Um, like I said, I just I'm so into all the weird, unique games. Like it's weird. I just care about 
like I said, these weird military academies playing and I care about the civil There's conflict. A, yeah. <laughs> so we get, we'll talk about, we'll talk about that. Uh, so, I mean, that, that, that is a good point. Uh, the, some of the main parts of college football are all these crazy, like, rivalry games and things like that. I mean, there's, yeah, like, the, the that's Harvard. That's what it is. That's, that's, that's the essence. That's that, the essence. Whoever's playing for the championship, whatever. The essence, <laughs> these rivalry games will not change. Michigan, Ohio State will not change. That Har- is what is Harvard, there. Harvard, Yale, you know, there, there's, yeah. some, there's, some, there's some cool ones. Um, yeah, so to talk about that a little bit, you know, we have the civil conflict, which I will get into in a second because I have some inside information on that that we can discuss. But okay, we need that. We need that. <laughs> we, we need that. We need that. So yeah, we played. We played the military academies every year I was there. So we played Army and Navy. Navy joined the American Conference when we were in the American Conference. So we they were on our schedule. They're in conference. We played them every year. And then Army, we also played, even though they are still a independent i think i think they're still independent yeah Uh, i believe they were last year yeah yeah so and then i mean now we are technically independent which is interesting that's another conversation um but because we went back to biggies for basketball and you know different things which probably was a good move but you know we got to figure out our conference for football (laughs) that's a you kind of need it especially unless you're notre dame you know that that can get be independent because they have so many games and so many rivalries that are high level that you know Notre Dame USC that you were talking about they play every year and and that's you know one of the the best rivalry I mean b- biggest games there is for sure it's just easier for them I, I totally agree with you uh, it's, it's almost always beneficial 99.9% of the time these conferences make sense they're just a weird case study. Like they can, uh, they just yeah. have so much sway, right? And their games pull so many, uh, so many viewers, and they have the television rights already set up. They don't really have to right go out of their way. It's just a unique deal. Everyone else's right television yeah. rights revolve around the conference. Everything does scheduling does for them. They just they schedule whoever they and they, they almost so it's, it's always and they almost always compete at a high level. You know, I mean, and you know they've been in the playoff a few times. Um, I know. So our coaching staff at UConn came. And the entire coaching staff came from Notre Dame. You know, Bob Diaco, um, mm-hmm. who I love as a coach, he was the defensive coordinator on Notre Dame last time they went to the national championship um, and with Manti Teo and that whole thing. So he brought a lot of guys from Notre Dame. So, you know, I, I you know, love my Notre Dame guys. And I, you know, still have a lot of people that coach there now. They went back after, you know, UConn. Um, so love Notre Dame. Um, where, where was I going with that? Um, I can't I can't remember where I was going with it, but it, it is it's super unique. So we played Army. So we put one of the coolest games we played was uh, Army that we played at Yankee Stadium. So like, you know, you get the, the whole history and stuff evolved. I think they play like one or two games there a year, something like that. Um, I, Navy, the Navy Army game is one of the most storied rivalries. Um, even, you know, we we weren't we're not Navy and we weren't playing against Army, but you know, they have, they always have the triple option and you know, we had to prepare for that every year. Literally the worst week of practice of all time every every year. <laughs> hate hate it. Hate it. It sucks. Um but I mean it clearly works for them and their personnel because you have weight limits and you know all these different things. So I mean that's interesting. But their their rivalry game's interesting and you know their games are just the clock's running and you gotta if you don't score in a possession, like you're gonna lose the game basically. It's pretty it's pretty crazy how they how they operate um 
but yeah, I mean, so that, I mean, I, I agree with you. That's, that is the essence of college football. And I enjoyed that part of, about it a lot because I mean, that's where all, you know, the relationships are and the people and the culture and all that different stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's a great point. That's a great point. That is, that's and what it, really matters. And for me to say that it, it probably sounds weird to some like people growing up in the South, going to these SEC games where they grew up going to, you know, like a pig roast, uh you know tailgate they're like what do you know about college football you went to the coliseum <laughs> to watch reggie bush you know get paid under the table and juke around a, you know, a couple defenders and jimmy clausen didn't make a first down until the third quarter in the pouring rain and all the shout out he, he played he played against bishop back in the day yes we yes we <laughs> yes we know unfortunately he got a lot of first downs i don't even know if they got any first downs they were all touchdowns they were literally he every may play have not gotten a first down every day he probably every, didn't get one because he was out by the third quarter every play was a touchdown and we were they love one yeah. by like 60 or something um yeah. okay so this is these are some of the new rules in college football the nil uh players can sign i think that's everyone agrees that that's a good thing Players should be able to make face value for at least their name and likeness. I mean, it's pretty basic, and there was a lot of stupid rules before that. I think everyone agrees was were stupid rules, uh, right? I mean, you're on the same page about oh, yeah. that. Yeah, no brain. I think I think everyone at this point knows. It's weird because it's actually changed pretty pretty quickly. Like when you look back at the timeline of it, it's changed so quickly. But now it's just weird how quickly like public consensus is just like one hundred percent. Like, oh, it's so obvious. It's, it's like been- well, <laughs> five years ago, it was this oh. was a conversation. But no, yeah, I, I totally agree. Dude, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, when I because I so I was out, I was in, I was playing five years ago, and now mm-hmm. to now, I mean, it only happened two years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, so I mean. In the beginning, it's like, okay, what do we even do? Like, this, it's a wild west of like, okay, the floodgates are open. Like, how is it going to evolve? And so it's going to take, it's still, I mean, it's still feeling out of what's going to happen, what kind of numbers are going to, you know, thrown around everywhere. You'll see big time recruits that haven't even played a snap get a million dollars of, you know, NIL money, which is crazy. But I, but, you know, with social media and building brands and a lot of different stuff, it makes sense. Like market value, being able to get market value for yourself makes sense. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, fine and dandy. And then the transfer portal, right? So this is something that's interesting. So I had Tim Boyle on my last podcast uh, episode and he transferred his junior year and had to sit out a year, right? So you had to sit out because that was just the rule. And so he lost an entire year of eligibility, which was, I guess, technically his redshirt year. But then he gets there, only has, you know, one year, and and he, he was sitting out as a 22-year-old senior, right? So, I mean, that was five years ago, basically, also. And, and then now it's like everyone's transferring everywhere and playing immediately. So, I mean... What do you think about the transfer portal? I mean, I think it's I think it's better than it was. I mean, they, they shouldn't make players sit out. Uh, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. But clearly, it's still in a wild phase of like everything's just flying all over the place, and players can are just you know saying they're transferring and for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to the coin, right? And of course, both of them have uh, have valid points. I it's, there's the there's the side of the coin with the players, like you said, players' rights. Um, you're it's, it's America where it's a whole society built upon do what you have to do to get paid, earn your market value. Right. That's the whole system. And then for some reason it was just randomly different for, 
um, college athletes. It, it just didn't make sense. So we finally kind of realized that that was weird. And, it, and it's still evolving is the thing I'll say. It's still changing so quickly because this was the most wild offseason of all time. The transfer portal with N- portal with NIL, with everything. I think, I don't know, it's going to get more crazy for a couple of years. Eventually something's going to have to change. Like they're already talking about um, they could, they could, there could be a total split among power five and G five. Honestly, if you told me anything like three years, if you told me three years from now in 2025, college football landscape looks like this, you could tell me pretty much anything. And I would believe you because it's changing rapidly. We've opened the floodgates. I think it's a good thing in general. Of course, what I care about, I'm a fan. The fans have their complaints. Your player moves. You don't want them to move. Pittsburgh just had one of their best seasons in a long time, right? Uh, Kenny Pickett, yep. uh, despite you know, despite his microscopic hands, he and staying in college for six years, he he has a great season. This isn't a Kenny Pickett slander. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this, right? But and he has a great year, and, and Pitt fans are like, "This is awesome." We watched this guy for struggle for three, four years, right? And and then now he finally breaks out. We have, and then all of a sudden, the off season, right? They're Jordan Addison, their star wide receiver, who really helps Kenny Pickett get drafted. Kenny Pickett probably owes a lot of his salary to Jordan Addison. Also, now he's in the transfer portal, and it's a it's a bidding war for who's going to have his services. And you're sitting there as a Pitt fan, like, what the hell, man? Yeah. <laughs> so now we lose our quarterback and our wide receiver because our wide receiver just wants to enter a bidding war. Um, at the end of the day, a fan, I understand, because like I said, what makes college football important, a lot of it ties back into the loyalty of these fan bases, right? And how you get these totally unique atmospheres, these totally unique experiences. There are towns where the whole, pretty much the whole economy, right, revolves around these colleges and their, yep. and their programs, yep. right? Like, what is Tuscaloosa, Alabama? What is it? What's Clemson, South Carolina, right? What are all the name, name, name after name, right? It's, it's, it's crazy. And so part of me, it makes me very concerned about the long-term uh, health of the sport, right? If we just become a total bidding war and a total business, it just kind of, you know, you can kind of see it's just unquestioned. Like I said, in three years, you can tell me anything what sport looks like. And I would agree with you. So, I, I wouldn't be able to doubt it. Right. That, so, but, yeah. but overall, it was one point overall, despite all those concerns, I think it's what's right for the players. And as a fan, as someone who talks about the sport, someone who covers it, right. Who, who am I to try to say my opinion and my team and my tailgate is more important than these players that are literally putting on the product, sacrificing their bodies, sacrificing everything they do every single day to be great at the sport. At the end of the day, I care about them and their success. And I think both of these things, NIL and the transfer portal, portal is great for them. So at the end of the day, all I have to say, it's just overwhelmingly positive. I'm not going to sit here and yeah, make my yeah. complaints, whether they be valid <laughs> or not. They're clearly not as important as the other side of the coin. I, I totally agree. And that's a great perspective to have. Uh, I mean, as a, you know, somebody who played college football, I, you know, appreciate that you look at it that way because not everyone does look at it that way. You know, a lot of there are a lot of fans that, you know, are like basically it's like like an NFL type of, you know, like we're paying you, you know, like all this different stuff. So, yes, I, I think it's it's right. I, I mean, they've talking about recently uh, about potentially putting just more restrictions on not being able to have NIL deals run where you're going or who you're going to. So they're uh, they're talking about some rule uh, that would be put in place along with this so that you would you couldn't there would be something that you have to commit before the NIL deal or they couldn't you couldn't be offered deals before you committed to somewhere or something like that to help mitigate some of the you know, going where the dollar amount is the biggest and then resetting every year and everyone else going where dollar amount is the biggest. Um, 
So, I mean, there has to be some balance there, right? Yeah, players can be, be able to do that, and they should be able to do that uh, if they want to. Uh, but, I mean, it, you know, it, it can't just be everyone transfers everywhere every year because, you know, that's not him making any good teams, right? Um, I mean, yes, high-level programs like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, all these all these guys at the top, Georgia, you know, they'll, they'll have a good team every year just because they have the, the best recruits coming in every year. And... So they're then they've already established them as a top, you know, recruiting place. So they're going to get the guys every year. And when all the guys leave next year, they'll be fine because they'll, they'll just do it again. They, like they have for the last 10 to 15 years, basically. Um, so it's an interesting it's a, it's a give and take. But, yeah, I, I think it's overall good. Um, you know, it's a wild west. But, you know, you've got to adjust. And, you know, coaching staffs are doing that. And, and you know, we'll see that you know, in the game a little bit. People are being more nimble, obviously, since COVID too, you know, people are just more flexible in, you know, the way things are done and, you know, not as entrenched into their ways of, you know, how things have to be done and, you know, a lot of different things like that. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. That's an interesting conversation. And, you know, that can be a, a whole different segment in itself. You know, I mean, you could talk about that for days about how that works and the, the dynamics of it and all that kind of stuff. It's a perfectly unique problem, right? Like, like, like I said, this just doesn't, there's just not like a perfect analogy to make. There's not a perfect precedent precedent to look at, right? So it's it's a very interesting topic. It's, it's extremely confusing. It's one that I, I try to spend a lot of time learning about, right? Obviously, it's covering the sport. And it's like, every time I listen to something different or a new piece of news comes across, I'm like, Okay, I never really thought of that. Never really, right? Because it's, yeah. it's totally new. I'm I'm not making the rules. In the Wild <laughs> West, the way I try to look at it, hey, the Wild West, sure, you have lawlessness, you have whatever, but it can also be fun, right? So I'm just trying to appreciate the funness of it, the newness of it, the totally it, unique opportunity. It is fun, and it will, you know, it will settle into somewhere eventually. So I mean, that's just still so early. It will get into the, some comfort zone at some point, uh, but it is still so early, and it does make it fun for sure. So. We're going to move into uh, second to last segment, which is uh, big questions. So in relation to your sports writing and your college football realm, what do you like about writing the most? Obviously, you cover some parts of different college sports sometimes, but is there a specific thing about college football that you like to cover? Is it, what, what's, your, what's your favorite there? That's a tough, tough answer because I like doing all of it, right? Um, I think my favorite part is just seeing the breakout stars, the new stars, like still remembering. And I know Adrian Peterson was a huge recruit, but like still seeing, and I wasn't covering it at this time, right? But just that every year there's an Adrian Peterson, someone who breaks out and just has a run where they break eight tackles and you're like, Oh my God, that yeah. guy is a superstar. <laughs> and maybe you've heard the name before. Maybe you've never heard the name. And you're like, that is an insane athlete. He is one of the best I have ever seen. And every year it comes out. Sometimes you know who they are. We know like this year, Bijan Robinson at Texas is, is pretty remarkable. Got the chance to see him in person last year. He was pretty special, although the Arkansas SEC defense was a little more special. But <laughs> Um, but that is just the thing of like, anything can happen. There's going to be a breakout star and you know, it's going to happen. You know, there's going to be a handful of them. It happens every year. You just don't always quite know who they are. So it's just trying to guess who it's going to be trying to anticipate. I just, I just love player evaluation. I find it absolutely fascinating. I find it more fascinating than the NFL. The NFL, 
sure, you have years of film on these guys in college. In college, what do you have? You're going to sit there and look through through high school film and try. People try. I try, right? We try to be educated on that topic. But um, I'd say overall, just watching the games and being like, I don't know, this guy had 100 yards and three touchdowns last week. Is he the next um, – is, is he the next Reggie Bush or is he the next um, – I don't know. And Is he the next anybody? Yeah, I mean that's that's interesting player player like you said player analysis and breakout stars and you know oftentimes you'll see these guys in the NFL draft uh, you know going very high. Adrian Peterson's obviously an example of someone that if you're watching this probably almost everyone's heard or if you're you know on TikTok watching a clip of this then you've probably heard of Adrian Peterson. If you haven't um, go look up Adrian Peterson Google type it in right now. Google mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson all time, His highlights are insane. They're, yeah, nuts. You know, an all-time great running back. I mean, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame uh, in the NFL. And, I mean, college. I'm sure he's in the college football Hall of Fame. I'm not actually sure about that. He must be, right? I don't know. Unless he got, like, canceled. Or, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what that whole situation is. I'm not sure either. Stands. Anyways. Um, all right. So, uh, another big question since you played sports your entire life, you understand the dynamic of sports, especially college football. So I talked to, this is the teammates podcast. So I talked to people about what it means to be a good teammate. So, you know, it, it can be from your experience or the way you've seen good teammates react to each other. And this also translates into the real world with, you know, teammates, uh, you know, at your school or in your, in your life, your, your loved ones, this and that. So, what do you think, uh, what does being a good teammate mean to you? It's an interesting point. I'm glad you're asking this because you're getting a, a wide array of guests, right? Right. Um, right. Because you're going to have so many different answers. You're, we will. You're going to keep, you're going to keep getting different ones because being a good teammate, it's almost like asking, right? What is a good person or what makes a good blank, right? There's so many unique answers you can get because everyone's going to have a different take based upon their experience, who they are, and the teammates they've had. Um, I don't think I can be um, – who was it who you had on who was talking about Tim Tebow as a teammate? Oh, I yeah. I don't think Ty- – Tyler Davis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Tim Tebow is an all-time just great dude and person. It's like, how, how, all right, how are you going to, you, you know, match up to that? But, uh, I mean, both the guys that I've talked to so far, Tyler Davis on the Packers and then Tim Boyle was on the Packers – uh, now is on the Lions, and Tyler was on the Jaguars when Tim Tebow played with him, which is why he was his teammate. Um, so that that was you know that that experience. But yeah, so let's 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 hear it. Yeah, I think it's just um, I guess the best way I can try to put this and what I've seen in my limited experience coaching high school basketball as well, right? Um, yeah. And so I coach I coach in I don't think I've said this I coach in out of Stockton High School. Stockton, California. It's very, very difficult. So I commute about an hour away. Um, it's a difficult place to teach. I, I teach where I coach. It's um, you get a lot of interesting things. So what I've seen, I've seen some very bad teammates. Um, and I, I think this is what's freshest in my mind. I've also seen some good ones. I think my biggest takeaway, it's anyone who understands how to put the the biggest goals at the, at the forefront. Um, and, and most of the time you think of that as putting the team first instead of I first, right. It's kind of the mantra that gets repeated. It's just who can put away their, their selfishness for today, whether it be, I need to shoot eight threes today. And that becomes right. I need to 
um, take three charges instead, whatever it needs to be. It's whoever is cognizant, whoever's thinking it, they may not say it. They may be totally silent. They may, they may be a great leader. They may not be a leader. I think being a teammate and being a good leader a lot of time is, is misconstrued. Anyone can be a good teammate. Anyone can contribute, whether it be to the family, whether it be to the classroom, whether it be to your actual team, your actual sports team. I think it's realizing the big picture, right? Uh, what's best for me uh, may not be what's best for, for my family, for my kid, for my wife. It may not be what's best for, man, it would be always best for the point guard, the center, right? It, it, it's being able to take a step back and looking at the big picture requires self analysis, right? So that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, that I mean, that's a great, great way to put it. Having empathy and understanding the other person's perspectives and uh, putting the team first, regardless of, you know, like you said, whether, you know, you want to drop 30, but does the, you know, do you want to win? Like what's, what's the actual goal that you're, going towards and then kind of reversing it from there and you know putting putting your actions towards that first and then you know performing off of that um, so i mean i think it can uh, you know a lot of a lot of that gets mixed up into oh like i'm not going to be myself if i'm not a good teammate i think you can see some of the best teammates are some of the best players i mean look at look at some superstars like steph curry that is one of the most selfless superstars there is. He always tries to make plays for other people and tries to not have it always be about him, even though he's the best shooter of all time. And understanding that, like, you can give up one more shot and try to make a, a more selfless play. If Steph Curry can do it, then you can do it. So... You know, understanding that, and that is one of the reasons why that team is so has stuck around for so long. Yes, they haven't won the chip in a few years. Uh, some of them injuries and things like that. But you can see in the playoffs, they're still playing hungry, and they're in the Western Conference Finals now. You know, with a chance to go to the, the fi- back to the finals because of some of the things that that he does, and being a good teammate, uh, and being selfless towards a goal. And that, I think that's just like a, a big picture example that a lot of people can can see happening and relate to because, I mean, obviously, you know, he's he's a great teammate. So um, that's a great answer. Thank you for that. Um, how has being a father changed your outlook on life? This is kind of the last big question before we hop into a final Q&A. Um, but you recently, I guess a year ago. When, how, yeah, he just turned one. Just turned one, right. And uh, uh, his son also has the same birthday as him, and it was just his birthday. So happy birthday again. Um, it was just both their birthdays, actually. Um, so, yeah, yeah how has how is a father changed your, your outlook on life or things? You know, it can take it any way you want with that. That's an open-ended, open-ended question. Yeah, I guess the easiest way to put it, it just changes everything, right? It's like you trying to explain your your outlook on things is hard to say, but it's, um, I, it kind of goes back to my teammate answer. Yeah. I guess it's made me a better teammate. Um, it's just, it's impossible to think about anything without, um, without taking a step back and realizing how it, it would affect, it would affect him. Right. So then not only what am I going to do, right. Would this reflect poorly upon if he were to grow up and find out, right. It's more that than my own reputation. It doesn't mean as much to me. It's, it more means, what would he think? What would his friends think when he grows up? Right. Cause he, he's one. 
Um, but, but eventually he's going to be able to form an opinion. Um, it's thinking um, when world events happen, right? It's, um, it's not, is this going to affect me? Am I, are my investments going to go down? Is my, is my job going to be affected? It's more of if my job does get affected, what, what, it, what's that going to do to him? Right. How is he, how is he going to have his diapers? How is he going to eat at night? How is he going to, right. It's, it's everything. How's he going to, is he going to go to college? Am I going to be able to help him out with that? It's um, it's just every single thing is filtered through a lens. Like every single thing is, is perceived is filtered through the lens of how does this affect um, the person I am responsible for, everything, the person I am responsible for in general. Right. So it's, um, it's a trip. It's really, um, it's overnight. It's instantaneous. It's, um, it's something you're slowly trying to realize before he's born, before they're born, any kid. Right. Um, and then as soon as they're here, it's just like, next thing you know, you, uh, you've never thought anything differently because you're forced to, (laughs) you're forced to think on the fly. Okay. There's a tiny human here now and uh, you have to make sure they're still breathing. So figure it out, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking a step back and looking at that big picture all the time and uh, always having been cognizant of the effects and the domino effects of anything. I mean, so, you know, I don't have that perspective yet because, you know, right now, you know, or I mean, you can see it a little bit in, in terms of like you care about your family and stuff. Uh, but as a direct domino sitting right next to you, you know, anything that you push it this way or the other way, it's going to fall with it. So you have to, you know, be careful and understand wh- where you're going with it to to know and and be, be aware of that. So that's that's a great answer. Uh, thank you for that. Um, so final segment, quick Q and A. So we're gonna run through some questions and uh, you know we'll we'll get some quick answers and um, and uh, yeah. So let's let's hop into it. Favorite sport and why? Player watch. Uh, we'll go play. And watch. All right. So watch. It's college football. Um, I think I've said why. Yep. Um, to play, I think it's basketball because it's the easiest. I think it's the. It just seems natural because you can kind of just pick a ball and play, whether it be in a in a peach basket and a in a pool with a little crappy plastic thing that you know tilts over <laughs> in the pool. If you Shaquille O'Neal it too yeah. hard, um, you could play five on five, three versus three, one on one. Um, it's just my favorite sport to play because I feel like I play it the most because there's always an opportunity to play it. Um, and you can play so many different roles and still have fun. So I'm going to go basketball as a favorite to play. That's a fun one. Yeah. I mean, it's very versatile in the way you, you can play it. You can pick it up anywhere, basically. You know, you could play it yourself. Uh, you know, unlike football, which essentially, you know, you need some sort of organization and, and foundation to even do anything with it. Yeah, you could just throw with two people, but, you know, that's not an actual game of anything, really. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely more widely available and, you know, you can play it at a moment's notice, essentially. Um, All right. Favorite player growing up that made you want to play could be sports in general, football, baseball, basketball, any any player that you looked up to growing up. It's probably not going to be a popular answer. Not exactly. Probably a crowd favorite. (laughs) Um, It's Barry Bonds. Okay, Barry Bonds. Want to give us a, a quick little. Uh, reason to why I mean obviously he's an all-time great and you know power hitter sure he had some uh, run-ins with uh, uh, PEDs but um, he 
had some run-ins. They were running all through his body, <laughs> you know, run in, run out, you know, all everything you can name. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to touch on that part. It's okay. just growing up watching him. I grew up a Giants fan. Yep. Um, I've never, and still to this day, I've never seen a player be so dominant. Yep. Um, like I said, baseball's hard. You can go out there. I can go out there. Um, anyone, you can put, you can put anyone out there. You can put them against a an 11 year old throwing the ball and they will not look as dominant as perfectly in control, knowing what's going to happen before it happens. Perfect control of the strike zone, right? Absolutely perfect. He didn't miss the umpire misses more than he did. Right. Um, This is the call more than he did just absolute perfect control. He's the best I've ever seen anyone play any sport, a complete mastery of his craft. Um, And yes, he cheated, but there's also a lot of people who cheated (laughs) and did not look like Barry Bonds. There's a lot of people who are going to cheat. It's okay. Don't look like Barry Bonds. I'm not going to excuse him. I know he's a cheater. So F him at the end of the day, but growing up, I didn't know he was cheating and it was mesmerizing. It makes sense. Um, That's another topic for another day. Uh, we won't worry about that. We'll just, you know, take it for face value. Yes, he was. I, I agree 100%. And I'm a Dodgers fan. He was mesmerizing. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, him versus Gagne. Him versus yeah, Eric Gagne. Yeah, that was mesmerizing. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Uh, next one hopping over. What's the favorite place you've been to, whether you've just been on vacation for a day, for a long time? What's your favorite place that you've been to? I've actually been to Cuba, and I want to go back. I hit a few different okay. cities. Um, I hit, uh, I think I'm going to forget one of these names. I hit Havana yeah. uh, for a couple of days. Um, I hit Santiago on the other side of the island. And I think I'm going to forget what the middle city was. It was actually my favorite and I'm going to forget it. It's a smaller city. I'll put um, it, I'll put it up on the screen. I'll put it up on the screen. Yeah. But, but um, I, I think I remember the baseball team that played there. They're called the right. Elefantes. Oh, okay. I wanted to go to a baseball game. Yeah. They, yeah, went, big baseball, yeah big baseball uh, town down there. That, I mean, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I've never. I've never been personally, so that's that's a unique experience, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just um, it's one of those those places you hear about, especially growing up here, right? You hear about it, it's just like a name on a on a website, on a Wikipedia page, yeah. on, on a history book. Yeah. It's like it's not a real place. They got, <laughs> right, you're just picturing so like yeah. yeah, you're picturing Ioannis Cespedes, you know, swimming around. Uh-huh. You're picturing Fidel Castro with these these rockets aimed at you, and you're like, that's not a real place. <laughs> then you go there, and it's it's a real place with real people, and it's extremely interesting. So yeah, I just think I've never come close to. I guess I am kind of a weird hipster. I've just I, I appreciate the <laughs> uniqueness of Cuba. There's no place quite like it. Yeah, no, it is. It's very very unique. Um, okay, so so next, back into the sports realm, favorite sports teams. So Giants, um, in baseball. Um, yeah. Oregon Ducks, college football. Yeah. What 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 else? What else? What else we got going? Uh, I unfortunately grew up a Raiders fan. Um, so my uh, my father was born and raised in uh, Northern California, I believe, mostly in Berkeley. Yep. Um, so basically, I inherited the Raiders from him, and I inherited the Giants from him. Um, but he did not watch, and, and so the Giants are obviously very catastrophic rooting for, right? Um, uh, yeah, I don't want to get into the Raiders. Um, and then, uh, but I was left to my own devices to choose other teams. So I am a, um, in hockey, I inherited the LA Kings. I think I yep. just bandwagoned because yeah. they were winning championships the same year. Um, the same years, pretty much. I think they won two when San Francisco was winning three in yeah. that six year stretch. And so I was like, they were, they're like the same team as the giants, right? Low scoring. And they, they're and always, you were in Santa out. Barbara. You were, you were in Santa Barbara. So, or I think you were in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Around that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so. I remember watching uh, one of the games at Fig Mountain. Actually, they're playing the New York Rangers. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's we're close to LA, so we can mm-hmm. count where we can like LA teams. Yes. It, I mean, I'm an LA, generally an LA sports teams. I like the Lakers, the Dodgers. I would associate with the Kings if I did have a hockey team and I don't watch as much. I've been watching it more though. I find it interesting now. Um, and then you know the Jets, which is you know the, the oddball of mine, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's tough. It funny, is- th- funny thing about the Jets and why we're going back to how we're going way back to the uh, when I said I love about college football. You see the breakout players, yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure I have the player here correct. I know I'm pretty sure the first ever memory I have of Darrell Revis. Oh yeah, New York Jets great Revis. Oh yeah. I'm going to make sure I don't get this right. If we, if I get it wrong, okay. we were cutting this out. Okay. <laughs> is I think it was a punt return. Could be an interception return. Anyway, he's returning the ball. I think it's a punt return for when he played with Pitt. Pitt's getting two mentions here for some reason. You know, they had him and LaShawn McCoy, some beautiful college highlights. He's returning a punt. And he's some no-name corner at this point, right? I'm, I'm sure he yeah. had a pedigree, but yeah. pretty much virtually a no-name. Who yeah. knows Darrell Revis? And I'm just watching yeah. highlights, and he's just like, he's untackable. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. He knows what's going to happen before the other teams happen. Going back to greatness, like I said, Barry Bond, he knows where the pitch is going yeah. before you do, right? Yeah. Before the umpire knows where it is, he already knows. Um I don't know how I started on that whole diatribe. That, <laughs> the Jets, yeah, no, Darrell Revis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'll, uh, we just watched that that clip, if I can find it. So that's interesting. I don't think I've even seen that one, so that, that'll be It's amazing. I don't think it's, yeah, you'll, you'll probably watch it. It'll have, like, I don't know, something like 20,000 views, and it's um it's incredible. Like, he hits one dude with a spin move at the end, and the guy is just, <laughs> he has no idea what planet he's on. He's entering the transfer portal after that one, yeah. What about uh what about basketball? We get the NBA playoffs oh, coming now. another tragic story. Yeah, I'm a Clippers fan. Yeah. Yep. So tragic. We're, we're I don't aware know. Of I grew up. I think I'm just a hipster is what it is. Cause yeah, I grew up uh, same as you, right? We, we could have, I could have chosen the Lakers and uh, I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I, ch- I yeah. chose them and it's been a lot of years of pain ever since. You liked uh, selfies in the, in the rafters instead of, you know, banners. That's okay though. Um. <laughs> Way more cool. Yeah. Everyone's got banners. Who needs banners? <laughs> We'd rather have big selfies. Yeah. The Clippers have had it uh, rough and they aren't necessarily going to get across the threshold at least as we can tell right now so but i mean we have some great great playoffs going on right now so it's it's fun to watch luke and the mavs get the warriors get the celtics heat some great teams i've going been on. i've been more happy than anyone watching these playoffs because luka Doncic, for the first two years of his playoff experience everyone's saying Oh, the Clippers are about to choke. What is this <laughs> terrible Mavs team doing? Bringing them to seven games, back-to-back years. I know. And I'm like, I could be crazy because, of course, I'm biased. I'm like, I think this Luka Doncic guy might be the best basketball player I've ever He's seen in my entire pretty life. Pretty damn I'm good. Like, they beat him. What are you talking about? They beat him two straight years. Are you joking? And now the Suns are at home uh, figuring out. You know exactly how good he is. So yeah. a little too late. Should have figured it out before games. He is yeah. he's legit. And uh, I mean, albeit the Clippers had a lot of good and he was he was putting up numbers on Clippers and the two those two years, they had one of the best, two of the like best on ball defenders, and he was still putting up numbers. And now that he has a little bit better team and more role players around him, 
they're putting it together and they're making a run. They're making their run this year. So, I mean, it's it's fun to watch. And, you know, you kind of look like Luca a little bit, actually. You got the little Slovenian-like vibe. Yeah. I, could, I could see it. Slightly overweight. Um, <laughs> exactly. I don't know if there's a picture going around Twitter. Um, actually, right before I got on, I was checking this, um, where he's having a beer. <laughs> out yeah. in, uh, oh, my God. NorCal. I, I think the picture was from yesterday. Everyone was trying to oh, say was it was it? before, oh, before the game's night. Um, but, yeah, where, where he's having a, having a little morning beer. That with is, Bobon. That was so, yeah. oh the Bobon is they're they're funny. They're funny guys. Unfortunately the similarities in there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the similarities ended overweight. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh oh no, love Luca. Love Luca. All right, so uh we're almost almost there. Favorite TV show or I know you read a lot, so maybe you don't watch a ton of them or movies. What what's your kind of what's your realm there? I'm definitely a snob. Um like I can't I can probably count on one hand the amount of TV shows and movies I've watched with my wife over the last couple of years because I'm just I'm just a total snob. I am. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I think it's because I grew up right reading more than watching. Right. I, I don't know what it is. Makes sense. Um, so I'm a snob. Um, the best show going, and what is it? It's a Wednesday we're, we're recording. Yep. Yep. Wednesday. So so I'm behind on one episode. It came out this Monday. I try to I try to catch them. But now there's all these these digital subscriptions, right? Oh, there's yeah. the premium. Oh, yeah. It's hard to keep track of. So I have it an is. excuse for being behind. It is. Uh, ever since Breaking Bad was going when we were in high school, um, I've been obsessed with it. And now Better Call Saul season six, it's ending, right? I have to watch every single episode. Um, I've never been that enraptured by a, a TV series. And I don't know what it is. Mm. Again, maybe it's because I got started early, like college football. Maybe if we never went to those Notre Dame USC games, maybe I never would be a big fan now. Um, I got started on those youngish when I was in high school. Probably shouldn't have been watching some show about meth when I was that young. <laughs> but um, it's I, I can't even describe it. It's just I think that's what kind of makes like I, I evaluate things. I don't know. I'm I, for some reason I'm forced to evaluate things like what am I gaining from watching this TV series? And I don't even know if I can explain it watching that. But if you've seen them, you know. Do you, do you, are you obsessed with them? Like, no, I, I, so I am probably one of the, the more rare ones. I've never seen Breaking Bad. Oh my God. And I know, so I consistently hear it's the greatest show of all time. And so you saying that, that it makes sense. Now I'm not a big into TV shows either. I like really good ones and ones that like you're saying, there's either you're, you either are up to that standard or it's not. And most things are not. So, I mean, I, I am a fan and I probably will watch some of it at least eventually. Um, so, and, you know, maybe we can throw some clips in here of, uh, you know, some favorite moments, but, um, I mean, that's, that's interesting. I mean, clearly you've liked that enough to keep you hooked. So, I mean, that's, that's cool. It's just weird. I was sitting there watching season six cause I started watching it. I had the flu the other week and I was watching. Uh, on my phone because these stupid premium subscriptions. I have AMC Plus and I couldn't figure out how to watch <laughs> AMC it. AMC Plus. So I'm oh sitting there God. watching it. What? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what I'm I've never out. heard of that. What? What are we just getting everything plus over here? Never heard about it until it's uh, until it's right. It's exclusive. You, watch it. you can't watch it anywhere else. Oh, All the God. other seasons are on Netflix. I'm like, what's going on? So I'm sitting there watching with the flu, or I got the temperature, feeling like crap, watching on my phone with this like crappy sound quality. Right. And I'm like, what am I doing? This isn't even an app. This is like, and this is how I'm consuming my favorite TV show ever. <laughs> right. I'm like, what is going on yeah, here? And then it just makes me flash back. And I'm thinking, right. Oh, I remember watching season, whatever it was one or two. 
in college, I, I would, I would, right. I was not partying if, if better call Saul's on and I haven't watched it, I gotta go, <laughs> I gotta go watch them thinking of high school. And I'm like, Oh my God, I was really watching the high school. I'm trying, I'm thinking of how I was trying to like think back and remember how I was watching all the points. <laughs> and then I'm like, I, I feel like I'm downgraded now I'm sitting here watching on my phone. <laughs> I don't have a damn so, premium so technology is supposed to be going forward but apparently we're going yes. backwards in some in some yes. ways so uh last question what's next for jd so you're you've been getting more and more into sports journalism college football writing talking on youtube different things like that i know you're moving t- more towards that so you're gonna just keep pushing full steam on that what do you what do you what do you have in the in the plans yeah, I'm pushing pretty full steam on that. Um, the season's coming up, so obviously we're going to see how it's going. I'm stretching myself pretty thin. I've taken on every opportunity I can because it's um, if if you get an opportunity to do what you love, and in, in almost all instances, I would I would tell somebody to go for it, right? Like if a, if a student asked me that, I, I, that's the advice I would give them. So yes. you, you you would think I would follow my own advice, right? So so we're seeing how it's going. It's um it's like the weirdest timing in the world because a new homeowner got the kit right and then all of a sudden it's like dang this is a pretty um pretty unique opportunity you got going on there maybe you should chase it so so things are lining up i'm not 100 positive but i'm building that up as much as i can uh going to be on a couple different platforms uh talking college football this fall uh, in the off season i'm trying to build up more off season content keep the youtube youtube content coming um getting some advice from you know from my friend nick over here on <laughs> yes. what to do yeah. So, yeah. So, so we, yeah, we'll, we'll see, but everything's coming. Everything's coming. It's it, all, it's all me. It's all college football. I'm going to see, yeah, see where I can take it. Yeah, no, that's exciting. And yeah, we, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm in this realm, so, you know, I love talking about it. So, you know, we've, we've uh, chopped it up. And so let's, let's throw, let's throw the plugs in there. So your YouTube, what's your channel? I'll put it in the, in the description of wherever you're watching. Yeah, it's Yonkers CFB, Yonkers, and then CFB College Football. Um, that's the YouTube. Go ahead and give a follow. We'll have some uh, content out uh, here. I'm trying to go weekly. I'm trying to make it a uh, keep myself to a schedule. We're going to go weekly because awesome. usually in the off season I'm slow. Uh, so keeping an eye out, talking absolutely everything uh, that there's to talk about. Like I said, it's the craziest off season we've ever seen. There's NIL. There's there's transfer portal there's there's everything you can name so i'm yeah. keeping up to date on it everything all right so uh any other plugs that i know that's kind of your main your main your main deal that's the main one uh same cool. thing on twitter pretty much everything twitter. i do like i said i'm doing i'm down all over the place but pretty much i try to consolidate it'll be on youtube or twitter one. Yeah. okay yeah yeah we'll uh we'll put those links down there i know he is an an awesome sports writer so if you guys uh, you know, want to check that out uh, about college football, a lot of different things. Uh, he puts out some great stuff, and uh, he's very knowledgeable at this point. Um, he has been to a lot of tailgates, and no, I'm kidding. Uh, so, first hand experience, baby. <laughs> Gotta learn on the job. Learn if I the... can't be playing, I'm gonna be there drinking, trying to learn, <laughs> talking to the locals. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, this has been awesome. If you if you're still listening. Thank you for listening. I know it's a little bit longer of an episode, but you know we we had a lot to talk about and we covered a lot of good topics. And so, JD, thank you for coming on and sharing with us today. I'm I'm sure you know we all took something from this. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. This was a good, uh, good fun time. I get to, uh, no, mostly went on talking about myself or uh, not talking about myself, talking about college football and, uh, it was a fun opportunity. So thank you for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll definitely collab in the future. And, you know, I mean, uh, Nolan, who was, who was Nolan, who was on episode one, uh, you know, we all went to high school together. So, you know, we'll do some, some collabs on things in the future. Uh, you know, we, we all love sports in the, in the realm. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out. Um, but so, yeah, if you're still listening and watching, again, thank you so much. Please let us know your thoughts on the episode so far. Um, every two weeks on Monday is when we release. So this will come out close to the end of the month. And then the episode five guest will be announced on our Instagram at Teammates Podcast. So again, thank you for listening and watching. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the episode. JD is an awesome guy, and that was a great conversation that we had. We touched on many different topics, and it was great to hear his perspectives on a lot of them, including perseverance, how his sports journey shaped the rest of his life so far, and the wonderful world of college football. So many great perspectives there, and it is an awesome, just awesome awesome thing college football is so unique and it's you know tough to replicate uh, i will at some point touch on the civil conflict more i know we kind of got away from that but the civil conflict was uh, a rivalry game between us at uconn uconn football and ucf and some of you may have heard of it some may not uh, but it's a it's a fun rivalry to talk about i think at least so again thank you everyone for listening and watching wherever you're watching at uh, really appreciate you. Our next guest announcement will be on our Instagram. So as before, if you haven't followed our Instagram yet, it's at Teammates Podcast. It'll be in the description of wherever you're listening or watching. So go follow us there. Really appreciate your support and for listening to the entire thing. Thank you, guys. Hope you all had an amazing Memorial Day weekend. Talk soon. If you guys enjoyed the episode and series so far, please think about leaving us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We really, really appreciate it and it really helps us appreciate you all very much. See you in the next episode.